guys. Hey, I just uh, want to give a shout out to the band. They've, they're working hard. These last three weeks, they've been working hard to teach us new music. So as the semester goes on, you're going to keep learning all that new music. They're doing stuff like that. It's going to be great. All right. Okay, cool. So here's the deal. All right. I like seeing you here on Wednesday. I think it's such a great way to take a little, I think it's so great to take a little bit of time from your week, from the busyness of life. Life gets busy, it gets crazy. It's so great to just take a little bit of time during your week to hit pause, to gather together. And so let me just tell you a little bit about what I think you're doing or what I hope you're doing or the reasons why I hope that you're here when you come on Wednesday, okay? So here we go. Number one, by the way, this isn't the message tonight. Number one, I hope that you come to see people that you enjoy being with, okay? Friends, family, your C group, your C group time community, all right? Number two, I hope you come and you're excited, you're ready to worship God, like that you actually believe that when you sit there and then when you sing your heart that out to God, that God hears you, that he loves you, and that God is worshiped um, when you are here pouring your heart out before him. That's the second reason. And then third, um, I hope that you're here because you are excited and ready to hear from God's word to us so that we can grow in our faith in him and our knowledge in him and our and our lives as followers of Jesus Christ all right just three really simple reasons about why I hope you're here tonight okay so we have been in this uh, series called the pursuit of holiness and we said that pursuit is a word that means to chase after to run after something right and the pursuit then of holiness means that we are trying to chase after we're chasing after this word that God calls each and every one of us to live out and the word is holiness and we said that being holy means that we are called out separated from sin and called out to be separate and live for God, to live unto God. That holiness means being set apart from sin and being set apart to live for God. And then last week we said that the standard of holiness, like how holy should we be living, that God is perfect in his holiness. He's perfect in every single way. And that he says to us, be holy because I am holy. That God says, I'm holy and perfect in every way. In other words, what God is saying is, I'm set apart from everything that is evil. I'm set apart from everything that is sin, is what he says. And now live your life just like you see me, God, holy and perfect in every single way. Now, we're going to start this lesson today. This, today's um, talk is called The Cost of Holiness. Like, what does it cost for someone to live a holy life? You know, there's some, like, really expensive things in the world. I want you to check out this first picture here. This is a picture of a 1963 Ferrari, GTO, 1963. This Ferrari that you see on the screen right now costs, it costs the buyer $52 million, okay? A, a, what a small amount of money. $52 million is what that car cost right there, okay? All right. So, we probably couldn't even afford um, a wheel, okay? All right, so here we go. Now, this next picture right here that you see, this is a feather. You see the feather there? Yeah? Okay, so this feather is from a bird called the Wea bird, and this is from uh, the island of New Zealand. It's from New Zealand, and this bird is now extinct. And one feather, that feather that you see on the screen, costs 10 thousand dollars for one feather if you if you want to collect one feather of an extinct bird it will cost you ten thousand 
dollars, all right? Okay, so this next parking spot in New York City costs $1 million. You can own a parking spot in, at this condo in Soho in New York City, okay? If you want to park your vehicle there, it's probably not a Ford Fiesta, okay? No dig on Ford Fiestas. They're awesome, okay? But say again? It, so listen, so that parking spot costs $1 million to, to park your car there, okay? So I got another. This is actually my favorite one right here, okay? What you are now seeing on the screen is a magnetic floating bed. This bed floats in the air with magnetic floating bed technology. I just made that up on the spot, okay? This is a magnetic floating bed. You can actually sleep on this bed, okay? If you would like to put this kind of bed, magnetic floating bed in your room, or in your house, it will cost you $1.6 million for this magnetic floating bed right here, okay? All right, okay, cool. So I have an iPhone to show you. This is the iPhone Supreme Gold, all right? It's not even the newest one. This is the iPhone uh, 3, 3S, okay? It's not even the new one, right? Okay, now let me just ask you really quick, this iPhone Gold that you see there, okay, does anybody want to just a random guess at how much this iPhone currently is worth and what it costs, okay? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call on some hands that I see up, okay? I'm glad that I have this crew here so excited. How much do you think? You know what, you are talking, I can't hear you, okay? So what, what, do, what do you say? 13 million, okay? 50 million? No, oh, $50, okay? Four grand, okay, all right. So listen, this iPhone 3S costs $2.9 million, all right? It has 130 diamonds on the bevel around it. 130, listen, they are flawless diamonds. They, the diamonds are worth so much more than what is um, uh, behind that little screen right there, okay? So $2.6 million. Now here, listen to me, here's the deal, okay? Um, there are some things, listen, shh, there are some things, there are some things in life that are very costly. There are some things in life that are very valuable. Now here's the deal, okay? Tonight's cost is, talk is called the cost of holiness. And can I just say this? Listen to me. Holiness is one of those things that costs so much. Not money, not a dollar amount. What you're gonna see tonight, what I hope we see together tonight in our story tonight, is that holiness costs a lot, okay? So here's the deal. You and I have this problem. And the problem is the problem of sin. And God tells us to be holy just like he is holy. And you and I are not holy. We have this little problem. The problem is called sin. And we can't quite do what God is calling us to do when he says to be holy. We have a lot of trouble with holiness. Well, you, you know, today's story here um, really talks about this woman. And the woman in our story, I feel so much for her because in this story, you see how broken she is. And she is not holy in any way at all. So I want you to go with me to John chapter 8, verse 1. You can look it up on an app on your phone. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like to follow on the screen. Or if you have your Bible, you can open up your Bible to John chapter 8, verse 1. And there are three people that I really want you to pay attention to, okay? 
when we go through the story, pay attention to these three characters. Number one, Pharisees. I'll explain what they are, who they are in a minute. The woman in this story and Jesus. These three characters, right? I'll start reading. You just follow along. I'm going to go really quick. We literally got like 12 minutes left to be together before I dismiss you. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. That's where he was going. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the scribes came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, okay, and, he, and placing her in the midst, they said to Jesus, teacher, okay, this is a big part of the story, okay, don't miss this, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery, Okay. Now, in the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman, to execute her, to kill her, because she's been caught in this sin, this act of adultery, all right? Um, she, uh, and then it says this, so what do you say, Jesus? What do you think that we should do? And it says that they said this to test Jesus, and they wanted to try to bring a charge against Jesus. They wanted to accuse Jesus of something based on what he said, if he said the wrong thing. What would Jesus say? Should they, would Jesus say, yes, we should execute him, execute this lady? If Jesus said, no, don't execute her, then he'd be, that he'd be going against Moses and the law of Moses or the law of God. Um, if he said, yes, execute her, then what, what, would he, what would people think about him? Would they continue to follow him? They just wanted to try to trap Jesus in something he would say. So he's interrupted as he's teaching. And these guys believe that they were perfect in holiness in every single way. And they bring this woman who's been caught in sin. She's been caught in adultery. Listen, what literally she has been caught doing is sleeping around with a lot of men. That's what they've caught her doing. And they bring her before Jesus and they say, the law says that this woman should be executed. And not just as a side note, I'm kind of thinking like, where's the dude? They should be bringing the dude too, right? Okay, so anyway, that's another issue altogether. But they bring this woman, they say, she deserves to be stoned, and they're ready to publicly execute her, okay, to literally take stones and execute her and kill her, okay? Now, I want to show you this picture right here, okay? This first picture, I'm calling it the holiness scale, all right? So in this first picture, you see this woman. This is actually a painting of the same woman. You see this woman, and she is broken, brought before Jesus, thrown onto the floor, ready to be killed, ready to be executed for what she has been caught doing. And you have on the other side of the scale these dudes who are called Pharisees. That means that they were religious people of the day. And they're on that side of the scale, high and above this woman, because they believe that they are holy. That's what we're talking about in this series, right? Holiness, set apart for God to live for him. They believed that they were holy because they were rule followers and they believed that they were better than this woman. But listen, here's the deal. Their holiness is fake. It's a fake holiness because they're actually filled with so much pride and hatred. And this woman on the other side of the scale knows that she is not holy. She has been caught in adultery and she's even hated by them. And she's full of shame and she's full of guilt. And they're demanding that Jesus execute her, that he, that, they, that he allow them to kill her. And now Jesus has this really interesting response. The Bible says that Jesus just bends down to the ground just like this. And they're all like demanding that he do that. And then Jesus literally just takes his finger just like this. And he just is ignoring them. And he's doing this in the dirt. And as he's doing that, I just really wonder, like, what was he writing down? Was he writing the name of the Pharisees? Was he 
writing, I don't know, the name of this woman that he actually cared about and loved when they didn't, but he's on the ground just writing just like this. And then the Bible says that he gets back up, he stands back up, and he says this next part in verse seven. It says this, they continue to ask him what they should do with this woman, and he stood up and said to them, don't miss this, this is, this is Jesus' answer. Let him who is without sin among you be the first person to throw a stone at her, to execute her. And once more, he bends back down to the ground and starts writing again. That's what he does. So he says, whoever here is without sin, be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he bends down and he starts writing in the dirt one more time. Jesus says this, who among you has no sin? You should be the first to th- uh, stone to throw. Now here's what their response is. The Bible says that when they heard Jesus say this, they went away one by one. The crowd started to disperse, starting with the older people. The older people were the ones that first said, you know what, I have sin, and they left. All the way down to the youngest people that were there, they all left, and then guess what? This is so cool. Jesus is just standing there face to face with this woman. The only one left among this crowd is this woman. And, she, and Jesus is staring at her right in the face. Now I wanna show you this second picture. It has the same kind of scale on it, all right? The second picture is this. You see what Jesus has done. He actually has put the Pharisees, the people that have accused her, the crowd that wanted her dead because of her sin, Jesus has basically just told them, you are no different than her. You are not more holy than her. You are not more righteous than her because Jesus could see that in her heart was pride and hatred and anger. And yes, she was caught in adultery, but Jesus levels the field and says, you are not holy either. And so Jesus evens the scale out and puts them on exactly the same side with holiness on the other side. Now Jesus stands back up and he's staring at her face in the face. In verse 10, if you're following along with me, it says this, follow along. It says, Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, hey, hey girl, woman, where are they? Where are the people that condemn you? Where are the people that want you dead? And she says, they're gone. No one, Lord, no one condemns me. And Jesus says to her, neither do I condemn you. Now go from now on and sin no more. See Jesus face to face with her. And do you remember when Jesus says, he who is without sin should throw the first stone and they all left? Well, guess what? There actually is one among them who has no sin, who could have thrown the first stone. And who do you think that was? Jesus, without any sin. The Bible says that he lived a perfect and sinless life and certainly could have been the first person to throw the stone at her. He's staring her face to face and says, I don't condemn you either. Now go. Now he tells her two things. He says, I don't condemn you anymore. But the second thing he says to her is this. He says, go and sin no more. What does that mean? He says this, Go and be holy. Go and be set apart to live for God from sin. He forgives her and sets her apart.
to go live a life that is holy. Now, there are two quick things I want to look at, and then we'll be finished here, right? Number one, how can Jesus actually forgive this woman? How can she forgive? Well, the way that Jesus forgives this woman is that Jesus takes her sin literally upon himself. Jesus is perfect in every way, and he could have thrown the first stone and condemned her, but instead, the way that Jesus is able to say, I don't condemn you, is because someone else will be condemned for her. Does that make sense? Maybe, let me just say it one more time, okay? Because this is everything. This, everything tonight banks on this one statement. The way that Jesus is able to tell her, go, I don't condemn you, is because someone else will be condemned for her. Now here's the thing, when we read this story, we think to ourselves sometimes, oh, it's so awesome, Jesus is, he's so nice, he's loving, he's forgiving, and he forgives her, and then he just tells her to go and to live for God, right? Yes, but at a great cost to himself. Because here's the deal, listen to me, don't miss this tonight, if you're in seventh grade, I believe you can understand this, okay? He forgives her and tells her, I don't condemn you, because someone else will be condemned for her. She doesn't just get a get out of jail free card. Somebody is going to pay the price for her adultery. And Jesus is able to tell her that because it is he himself that is going to take her sin of adultery upon his own shoulders. All that she has done, all that she has committed, all that she has sinned against God, he is going to take on himself every ounce of condemnation, punishment, judgment that should have been acted upon her, he will put on himself so that he can tell her, I don't condemn you, and God doesn't condemn you. Now go and be holy and sin no more. Listen, I love this verse on the screen right here. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and the first part of it says this. God made him, being Jesus, God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. Taking upon the sin of all of us, he was perfect in every way, so that we could be forgiven and not condemned. All of the guilt, all of the shame that she felt would be passed on to the shoulders of Jesus so that she could be forgiven and freed. Now, the second thing that Jesus says to her is this, he says, now go and sin no more. Now go and be holy. Why? Why would Jesus take all of her sin on his own shoulders? Is it so that she wouldn't get stoned? Is it so that she wouldn't, um, so that nobody would kill her, that she could just go and continue living life? Is it so that she could just go and just continue to maybe just do whatever she wanted to do? It didn't matter because God forgave her? No, he's saying, Lady, your forgiveness, you standing here alive, will cost me, Jesus, my life. I will take your sin on my shoulders. I will be the one that will be executed in your place. Now here is what I'm calling you to do. And he says to her, go and sin no more. So why would Jesus take all of that punishment and judgment on himself for her because he wants her to then go and live a holy life for God. Listen, that verse I just told you about, 2 Corinthians, I love it. This is what it says. 
God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. This is the second part that we haven't read yet. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It gives us the reason why Jesus would die for you. He says, God made him, Jesus, who knew zero sin, to take all of our sin on himself, to literally be sin, be called sin for us, so that we could become holy, so that we could walk in holiness. Now I have one more picture to show you and then we're done, all right? My third picture here of this holiness scale. What you see is this woman. And this woman that Jesus talked to and said, woman, get up. Where are all the people that condemn you? They're gone. Now go. I don't condemn you either. But it came at a great cost. Remember the name of this talk tonight? It's called the cost of holiness. So what you see on one side of the scale is the stone. The stone that was going to be thrown at her and killed. And instead, it will be hurled at Jesus when he is hanging on the cross. He will pay for all of the sin that that lady deserved um, punishment for. And that is exactly my story. That Jesus says, I don't condemn you. You're forgiven. Now go and live a holy life for me. But it costs something. The cost for me to go and be holy for, for God, set apart for God, cost Jesus everything. It costs him his life. So when God says to us, be holy like I'm holy, my situation is that I can't be holy on my own, that I'm not able to, that I have a lot of sin that I need dealt with. And God says, I have given you then my son who has died so that you could be forgiven now that your sin is dealt with. Go and walk in the holiness that I'm calling you to live in. I love that statement. The cost of holiness is expensive, okay? The way that you and I can be holy cost Jesus everything, his life, all that he had to give, given so that we wouldn't be condemned and so that we could also then go and walk in holiness. Now, I'm done. I only have one question. And my question is this. When you hear that to be able to walk in holiness costs Jesus everything, his life, what is your response then to God? What do you do? What do you say to God knowing that he gave his son so that we could be forgiven and walk in holiness? What do you do? What do you say? And that's one of the things you guys are going to break down today in your C group time as you guys hang out together, all right? So let me dismiss in prayer and let you get to groups. God, I just want to tell you that I acknowledge that just like this woman in our story that I have dealt with so much sin in my life. And God, I cannot begin to thank you enough for forgiving me, Marcus Rodriguez, for my sin and that you have given your son Jesus to die so that I could be forgiven and then called to holiness. God, will you then just give me all that I need to live a holy life for you, God? Give me the strength I need to follow you, to obey you. And Lord, I then also pray for every student here that calls themselves your follower, that you would give them all that they need to walk in holiness too. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right, hey, really quick. Got one announcement for you, and then you're gonna get to group time right now for the last 20 minutes. Number one, groups are not optional, they're mandatory, okay? So when you come here on Wednesday night, you have to be here till at least eight o'clock. If you need to leave early, <clears throat> it's because you come and you talk to me, and you say, hey, um, I can't be in group today because, and then you, you tell me why, okay? So just wanna remind you guys of that. Um, you're here till at least eight. Number two, <clears throat> when you dismiss your group in your groups tonight, I wanna ask you to take some time in your group to pray for our building project that is about to um, happen, all right? So we're getting to a point here where things are like super exciting and serious and lots of amazing plans are happening and we really wanna be seeking God together. Listen, can I just tell you something? Um, this is public knowledge, okay? People have already given and committed to give over $400,000 for this project for him. We're gonna try to get to $600,000, so we're getting close, all right? That's still a lot of money, but we're getting close. We have given and promised over $400,000. Now listen, who is this project for? You know how many people I've given so sacrificially to this project, why? Because they care about you. You, sitting right where you're at, this project that they're doing is for you. This church loves teenagers, it loves young people. So I want you to take some time today um, to pray and ask God to help us as a church as we start to see this project come to pass, okay? I want you guys to know every week, I want you to hear from us say, they're doing this for you. They're doing this for Calvary students. And guess what they've done? There are people that have given hundreds of dollars. There are people that have given thousands of dollars because they believe that doing something like this will bless you and will bless all of the teenagers in our community, okay? All right, so that's how you're gonna finish your group time at the very end today, okay? Awesome, have a good time in groups. I'll see you guys, bye. <clears throat>